Third and final hour of the Steelers Blitz here, having some fun on a Saturday. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. We're going to turn things over in an hour to the crowd man and to Mr. Carter. But we are fortunate enough to have Chris here with us for this opening segment uh, before he has to prepare for his own show. Mighty, mighty fine of you, sir, if I do yes, say so yes, myself. Absolutely. Really appreciate that. Hey. So, Chris, uh, let's jump right into it. I said we'd reset here a little bit. Hall of Honor, this is obviously, I, I mean, I know you, uh, like me, you grew up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You, you grew up I I with the Steelers just being an, an institution yeah. in our in our lives as sports fans in this town. Uh, let's start at the top, just in terms of, of how they, they introduced or how they unveiled these guys, I should say. Uh, John Cole. Yes. My goodness, man. Um, Terry so Bradshaw's overdue. blindside protector, so four-time champion, eight times the Steelers had 1,000-yard rushers behind him. Motes and I kind of said, right, in the in the pantheon of Steelers history. Right. I mean, there's like Hall of Famers and there's greatness at every single position, mm -hmm. except for maybe offensive the tackle. We've talked about that a few times. But man, John Cole stands at the top of, yeah. of, of that group, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. When you go throughout the time, the, this, this Pittsburgh Steelers time at t offensive tackle, you have some guys who have been some athletic guys, but Cole was it was is the guy, and maybe it's be part of because he was part of that magical time of the '70s with the Steelers, but. When you go back and you just watch the way how they how they played as a group and how big and important he was to that group, you know everyone knows Mike Webster, but John Cole is long overdue that he got some uh, some recognition. I'm sure the Steelers were more than happy to finally bring him in with their Hall of Honor. Well, and Chris, something that I was uh, talking about <coughs> as well was how with John, he was so ahead of the game with his nutrition, with his understanding, mm, yeah. the strength and conditioning yes. element of it. And I'm just like, man, during that time, that wasn't what those guys were thinking about. Place, Dudes yeah. drank beer in the locker room back then. And smoked cigarettes smoked, at halftime. Smoked rights like, at halftime. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> like, like that was, it was another level of just uh, of, of, of time and professionalism and how athletes prepared. But absolutely, you know, when you see a guy, when you see guys that took it that serious like Cole, it's another level. And, again, it was part of why he was so great at his job. You know, and again, also look at how offensive linemen were built back in the seventies. Mm -hmm. They weren't nearly as massive no. as they are today, and so you still, but you still had to be athletic, and you still had to be had to find a way to take all the kind of punishment, and you received so much less protections back <laughs> back then <laughs> as an offensive lineman. Yes, you did. Defenders could do a lot more than they could do today. I mean, heck, the the, the Joe Green Joe Green rule, the slap you couldn't slap. You used to be able to slap guys in the side of the head. The, the, yep. the club, absolutely, yeah, like man. It, it used to be yeah. a lot more violent. So. You know, having to be that that you know that's a great point, Arthur, about his history as far as being being extremely fit and ready. It's just it's again it's so overdue to get that man some recognition here. Chris, uh, it just made me think of when we were talking about how they uh, drinking beers and frescas and smoking <laughs> smoking darts <laughs> in, the, in the locker room at halftime. One of the one of the funniest I've ever laughed, and uh, this is our fourth year, Moats and I doing this. This will be our fourth season doing Steelers show. Time okay. really does fly when you're having fun. But one time about a year ago, we were talking about like some old '60s and '70s. Like I think the '60s teams, like the, the the Packers and the Chiefs. However, we got on this conversation, and and I said to Moats, I said, like you think right, like the athlete. I mean, these guys would dominate those guys, right? And Moats looks at me, and Moats goes, "You think there's someone smoking cigarettes in the locker room, and I'm not about to dominate them." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, there there are those guys that would have been every generation, like Mel Blunt. Yeah. Oh yeah, by all accounts, would be that. But there were there, there are just as as the as any sport progresses through time right. athletes are trained to are, are trained more pointedly towards the direction they want you to be i mean look at the nba 30 that, years ago compared example. to now yeah absolutely like yeah. the guys a lot of guys in the league not that they were bad but it's like hey when 
there wasn't the program, there weren't the AAU programs that there Correct. are now training kids at the age of seven. At, yeah, or, at a young age. Or just age. the understanding of how to train properly. Right. Skill development versus conditioning. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a difference. It's a big difference. I could come out here at West and tell you to run a thousand sprints because that's what they did back then. Mm -hmm. Great shape. Mm -hmm. But that's not skill development. But I got no hands. What's right. 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 Whereas now the game has evolved so much where it's, we, we understand the conditioning and you take that for granted. It's more so skill development, footwork. Yes. Right? You've seen all the different coaches. Oh, he specialized in hand mm -hmm. fighting. Oh, Aaron Donald's hand fighting with knives. With knives. Like, exactly. Yeah. That's the, the, the level of, you know, specification that goes on with the training now and why guys are able to play a little bit more and be, you know, just better versions of what we saw from back then because of that. I mean, it's no different than with technology. Right. You think the first computer that was built 30 years ago is no. going to be as good it's as, good as, as the, the tablet as, that's as out there now? That's like, not as good as, as our cell phones. Simple, you know what like I mean? The cell phones like, and the laptop yeah. we have on this table right here. Absolutely. Even a low-end cell phone mm. in today's generation compared to the computers they came out 20, right. 30 years ago, right. like, substantially, they have more capabilities. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is, but they can't be there. That You can't have that growth without that foundation. Without your, your John Cobes, without your Joe Greens, there aren't, you know, your, your uh, uh, Al Villanueva's and your Cam Haywards. You don't get those next generations, the newer athletes, the newer versions yeah. of them, without that foundation in place, man. No, that's well no, said. I, I, one a really good point, Arthur, about it's, it's, also, it's not about the work ethic has changed. It's about the technology and the understanding yeah, of yeah. what to do has and changed. And just the understanding of the human body, of, too. Of, of, how, of how the best. I mean, back in the day, they thought that water gave you cramps. Like, not, like or, or water was considered weak. I yes. remember mm -hmm. playing Pop Warner at four years old. And you were a punk if you and, went and got and water. And coach said, you're soft if you need a water break. And right. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get water then. Yeah. I know my mouth is super dry. Mm -hmm. I know my leg is cramping up. But yep. they said I'm soft if I drink water. Who mm -hmm. was the 20-year anniversary was last week of the Minnesota Vikings offensive lineman mm -hmm. who passed Corey away? Corey Stringer? Corey yeah, Stringer. absolutely. Yeah. I from, remember that as from, well. And, yes. and that oh, changed that so years. much in terms that. of heat exhaustion, mm -hmm. hydration. And understanding and it, the danger. And I remember for yeah. me, that was when, because I had actually got hospitalized around that same time. Wow. Severe dehydration. Absolutely. Doing a, a, a you know, the jamborees during high school where yeah. you would go play three games in one day mm -hmm. at a college. So we did that. And I'm like, bro, I don't drink water. I'm good. That's, right. a, that's for soft guys, for weak guys. Right. And I remember being in the hospital that night because <laughs> I locked up full body cramp, face cramping, yeah. hands, toes. Like, you can't move. Right. And you just thought that was part of the game. And that was, part, that was normal. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be like. So without a doubt, man, you talk about just the understanding of what is safe or not yeah, yeah. <laughs> has drastically and, improved, man. And now, and now, and not just safe, but now, like you function better if you're drinking the water, 100%, if you're clearing if you're your hydrated. body up. Mm -hmm. you know, now, now, high school, like high school football coaches, they're they're, give, they're making their kids do shots of Pedialyte before yeah, games right. on Friday nights. Yeah, they're they're, like, they're, they're that, taking that's every a complete precaution. One eighty. There's so many. I mean, and again, it's not that guys, you know, are working harder because you know what? Like like for example, back in the back in the day. When I went to high school, I went. To, uh, Whit, Whit, coach Whit Gardner was my first high school football coach, and he coached Curtis Martin at Alderdice. Okay. And after every practice, he's like, you know, Curtis Martin used to run them steps over there, <laughs> and, and Whit Gardner was crazy. Like he said a lot of crazy stuff, <laughs> but he always told us how. And like there was these long steps. There was like a good like hundred steps that up 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 the bowl of Alderdice yeah. practice field. And man, I'd be like, I ain't running them steps. <laughs> no, no, I, don't no, know. It, it's the I ain't Curtis Martin. I'm not Curtis Martin. I'm not Curtis Martin. Like I was like, you could tell me to, but I'm not dumb. And so, but but it's, it's like again. He ran that, you know. Jerry Rice used to run his hill, but now it's like you have you can go to a gym with a professional trainer 
yeah. who's going to prepare you pointedly. You don't need to run up steps, but you can do uh, box jumps. And, and, or, and or, or they're yeah. going to tell you how if you continue to run up steps, it's going to shorten your career because right, you're, you're cartilage and your knees. Yes. Whereas now they're going to say instead of sitting out here for an extra hour post-practice to run these stadium stairs, let's mm -hmm. get you on an elliptical yep. where it's less yep. gravity, yep. and we're going to have you up here for yep. 30 minutes, but we're going to be able Different to game. to program it to give you even more resistance. Like, that's the thing. And, and the term, which we'd always use, especially when I was younger in the NFL, we say you want to work smarter, not harder, Correct. baby. Work smarter. Correct. Anybody can be a hard worker, but we're trying to be skilled workers. It's a difference. I mean, you look at a person, and it's no offense to people that work in manual labor, but think about a bricklayer. It yeah. doesn't matter what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter the temperature. They are going to be out there laying bricks. Yep. Doesn't take as much skill as say performing a brain surgery sure but you have to be a crazy hard worker absolutely not as skilled but a hard worker at the at the nfl level you don't want to just be a hard worker you want to be a skilled yes. worker yes a, a skilled professional yep. that this is my craft and i am great at mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and that has been what the game has really evolved and it changed really to absolutely but it starts back with a guy like john cole mm -hmm. that's that first wave of guys saying well you know what how can we improve our bodies? Our bodies right. How can we take that and say, well, you know what? If this is what makes us money, how can we put a premium on that? How can we make it last longer, make it a better version of that? And John was able to crack that code early, man. He, he was. And, we, and then there's the other aspect of it is that where you're being smarter on the field. Mm -hmm. And um, and when you, you think about Carnell Lake being one of those guys. Yep. And, and, and yep. he, he was a guy like you guys have been talking about all show. He, you know, he played corner. He played safety, free and strong. He was he lined up wherever you needed to him. And that's something that you learn as a player. Like, that's how you want to be valuable to your team. You want to shorten up to how many, you know, depth chart, or you want to expand how many depth Correct. chart spots you can fill. Um, but that's the, that's the learning your craft that you're talking about there, Arthur. I mean, I mean heck, you had to play off-ball linebacker hey, a few man. times for the Steelers, man. <laughs> the, the more you can do, man. This was something that helped me stay in the league as long as I did. Even early on when I struggled – and I was trying to break a record for mental errors in a game. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing was, <laughs> right. it was like, hey, man, you got positional flexibility. So mm -hmm. even though you might struggle here, we know that you can back up all four linebacker spots and put your hand in the ground and play defensive end. Sometimes you need that until you everything else catches up. Oh, you absolutely mm -hmm. do. That's well said by you guys. Speaking of a guy who um, was maybe ahead of his time, like John Kolb, how about Louis Lips, Chris? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, Moats and I were laughing. It's a common word now in football circles in 2021, but it really maybe start like Louis Lips was kind of like a pioneer. Twitchy. Yes. You hear twitch. that word, of twitch, twitch, yeah. twitch, twitch all the time. Louis Lips was one of those first wide receivers. Rookie of the year in 1984, led the Steelers in receiving six different times. He is top 10 all time in Steelers receiving yards. He was, he is one of those guys that you can look back, right, and start to see some of the stuff that he was doing and mm -hmm. how that has been part of the evolution of the game of football. Yeah, no, he absolutely was. I mean, he, he had height, he had speed, he did all the different things. He went up and got the football. You know, I've combat seen a bad catch, right? A, a combat yes. catch guy. And, and he's one of those guys that you hear a lot of, a lot of the old timers that are Steelers fans, they'll be like, oh, Louis Lips. Like, he's the. Like if he played yeah. in this era. If he played in this era, he'd, he'd be a top Chris, 10 wide receiver. We were looking. He had an his second year in the league in 85. He had 1,100 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns. Damn. Like, like wide receivers just weren't putting weren't up numbers that. like yeah, that often. That. Nope. And that was his second year in the league. Uh, and, by the way, uh, we also got to get your take on this. Louis Lips, coolest name in Steelers history? I mean, that's a pretty cool name. Wow. 
Wow, I mean, I didn't mean to, name. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I, I mean, I can see the wheels. I, I can see the wheels the turning. Yeah. Listen, man, because you're talking to a guy who like used to just but read like, his rosters for fun. Chris Fool, Mafia, 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 man. That dude, that dude got the name. That's a really good one, bro. You know, it's a great one too, just because I mean, my goodness, he just looks like a football player. His name sounds like a football player. Brett Kiesel. Brett Kiesel, oh yeah, dope name. Nah, nah, baby. That's a great name. That, that dude, I swear, like, anytime – here's the other thing is, like, with, with Kiesel is, like, he had that demeanor that everyone loved to be around. And, you know, I just um, – that was a late pass. Um, but uh, <laughs> but he had the demeanor everyone loved to be around. And, like, to this day, if, if you just <laughs> – if you just uh, – if you're just – Seeing a guy with a beard, you're like, is that Kiesel? I don't know. <laughs> right, right. I, 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 I don't know. So the like, Kiesel, Diesel. Uh, the yeah. Kiesel, the Diesel. So yeah, man. Like there's, uh, um, like th there's guys like that. But Louis Lips, one of those guys. Yeah, like like when my dad, or, you know, when my dad used to talk about talk about him, he'd be like, man, Louis Lips. And then when I finally got to like watch filming him, because again, football nerd here. Um, like I used to actually watch those things. Like like, wow, that dude played in that era. You're right. It doesn't match, right? It, it doesn't it match. It does not match, man. It doesn't. He it was, doesn't. He was that prototypical wide receiver before the prototypical wide receiver was there. Yeah. Man, and I, when I think of Louis as well, man, I just think of a guy, that, like you said, man, in the pathian of all these elite Steeler receivers, he kind of gets forgotten a little bit, man. Yeah, yeah. He does. He really does. And the, the Swans and the Stalwarts right, and the hear, Wards and, and the ABs. A, like we and, hear about those guys yeah. so yeah. frequently, and it's yeah. like Louis is – almost at times underrated. Yeah, yeah. Which is. is crazy to say, man. And you know what? I, I think we had a similar conversation about Carnell Lake. You look at the defensive backs that have worn the black oh and gold, gosh, Chris. Oh, my gosh, ridiculous. I mean, the, 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 the names, uh, just, I mean, Woodson, Blunt, yeah. Paul Amalu, it, it's insane. But Carnell Lake, it, he's now in the same class as those guys, and, and I think he is another one who has flown under the radar Man, he was such a good football player. Did it at safety, mm -hmm. did it at corner, multiple-time pro bowler, multiple-time all-pro, and, and, and was just a, a, a fantastic leader out there on the field as well. No, I mean, he absolutely was. I, I do this segment on, on, the, on my podcast, Locked On Steelers. Where, uh, it's called Fantasy Draft Friday, where yeah. we take people and they, they draft different position groups, all-time Steelers. I think Steelers. I've been a part of a couple you, of these you, you've, you. you've done a couple before. And – like when we do receivers, it's interesting to see where people go with because like a lot of the a lot of people that I'll have they'll try to win the re the recency bias votes sure. with like a Mike Wallace sure. or like a Claypool okay. sure but like there's times like where so like sometimes someone's picked a Louis a Louis Lips and like they they'll get the votes from the fans to say that their team was because like That's man you get pick. you got you snuck in Louis Lips in the fifth <laughs> yeah. round yeah like uh, but Carnell Car Lake's probably one of those guys too Carnell <laughs> Lake's one of those sneaky good picks whenever you do defensive back but again when you look at the Steelers second I, I still say this all the time. If this, if you if, say if, if somebody, we're all up in heaven, and uh, we're all we're all we're just we're, we're all getting ready to watch the greatest team, greatest players from the greatest teams duke it out. Oh, I like on, this. In, in, I like in, this. In a football game. Uh huh. The Steelers will be able to assemble the greatest, the greatest defensive back in in all of the in all of the NFL history because you got Mel Blount on one side, uh -huh. Rod Woodson on another Ooh. side. That's you got crazy. Troy Polamalu with strong Ooh. safety. Then have your pick of Donnie Shell or now Minka Fitzpatrick at free safety. <laughs> yeah. And then just for the halibut, just go just with for the uh, yeah, see what I did there. See what I did there. <laughs> uh, but just for halibut, you go with Carnell Lake because then yeah, he could be your right. your That's extra your, your extra slack corner slash, slash slot. <laughs> like he could do everything for you. No team, like just every team's at least got one great cornerback on it in their, in their history. Sure, sure. But no team can boast the two cornerbacks like that and two safeties like that and an extra guy. And then still have guys who are like, well, maybe Glenn Edwards could fit up in there. <laughs> like maybe I could get that. Dwayne Woodruff would be right. the, you know, so like there's 
that collection is just too great. So I'm I'm right I'm right with you, man. Like that's uh, Carnell like on, on the list of many great secondary defensive backs in the Steelers history. He fits right in that mix. He well, and I, does. I just also love about C Lake that not only was he a dominant player on the field, but this is a guy that understood how to um, yep. coach the game. Very great coach. I mean, it's the guy that coached Troy Polamalu mm -hmm. here. Think about yep. that. Like, let's that put that true. in the context. That is true. Like, this is a guy that has coached some guys in that secondary, man. William Gay credited his mm -hmm. his like rise in the NFL when he was getting all those pick sixes. Absolutely, he had, like, I remember that. that five, five interceptions in yeah. a row that were returned for touchdowns, mm -hmm. he credited Carnell Lake with getting That's him in awesome. the right mindset yes, to man. make those plays. That's awesome. I remember you sit there in some of these meetings and just hear how he sees things, hear what he's his coaching points. And you're just like, I wouldn't have thought of that like that, but that makes sense. I wouldn't have looked at this this way. I would have looked at it that way, but that's what C Lake brings to the table. And then, Mr. Carter, as we start to wrap up this segment here before we let you get, you know, get to your duties as you're kind enough to give us some of your time here, Tunchokin. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, can't say enough about him. Can't say enough about this guy. He's been a part of the Steelers organization, player broadcaster for four decades. Um, was a two-time Pro Bowler back when that was still really a, a skill-based thing and not a popularity <laughs> contest. <laughs> right. Just and, and, and even more so, Chris. Not only a fabric of this organization and this franchise, just even bigger of, of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, of Western Pennsylvania. He does so much good. A lot that people know about, but a lot that people don't know about. Uh, he's just got a passion for helping homeless people. He means so much to this organization, to these fans, to this community, and and we're just thrilled that he's getting this recognition he now. It, he's getting his roses while he can still enjoy. It. He he does. He absolutely deserves it. And I, I won't even get into the professional because you guys have been able. Do that. I'll be able to. T I, I can just tell you, as a human being. Yeah, give us your give yeah. us your human being on touch. This guy. I mean, even before I got to know him in the broadcast and like the, the media side of things, my father's a, a high school football coach at Peabody, right? And he bumped into Tunch and Tunch, like you know, there's there's plenty of athletes when you bump into a, co a high school coach and they'll say things and they'll be like, yeah, but it won't follow through. Just some broad brushes, right? Yeah. But Tunch would show up and not just talk to the players. But talk to the but talk to them about you know about life things. Awesome. He would get them connected with his church. Like he was he was about that life, mm -hmm. man. He wanted to make other people. Did he he wanted to see other people do better. He yeah. wanted to help other people. That man is one of the sweetest men that I've, that I've ever met in my life. And you know every everything that and, and so my dad said that you know told me about this guy Tuncho can being a real dude growing up. And then when I got to meet it's him, funny, in person, it was the same with my dad. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. Every everybody knew him. And then he he and then it's crazy when you meet Tunch, he exceeds your expectations. Very which is, which you is so rare in life. Um, so absolutely, Tunch Ilkin. I am so glad that he gets in the Hall of Honor. And great point, you guys, early about Wolf, Wolf not even wanting it. He's like, hey, man, let, let Tunch have his day in the sun. Um, and he, he more than deserved it. He's, he's one of the greats around here. Um, I'm honored to have to have been able to, to work around him. Absolutely. Get to yeah, we, that well said. Same with us. And, and we were saying, too, you know, in, in November against the Lions, when they have that official induction yeah. of the Hall of Honor, the pop in this stadium oh, when they announce Tunchokin is going to be, gonna gonna be nuts. It's going to be nuts. You're going to be able to hear it in, in Philadelphia and in Ohio. It, it's going to be just absolutely outstanding. Chris Carter is absolutely outstanding. We're going to let him go because he's got a lot to get to. Yes. But about 40 minutes from now, you'll hear him with Adam Crowley at 4 o'clock as our coverage continues. Thanks, partner. Thank you. Last thing, I one name I forgot to say that was one of the coolest Steelers names of all time, and this is a former teammate of yours, uh -oh, former uh -oh. linebacker of yours. Uh-oh, here we go. Fifth-round draft pick. Hey, now. Chris Carter. Best, best Steeler name of all time. <laughs>
That's my other CC. That's my other guy. Oh, that's our Number guy. 54. That's my other guy. That's our guy, Chris Carter. Always, always quick with the I win as we, as we wrap this thing up. Love my Chris Carter. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it, partner. Thank you for your time. And again, Arthur make sure you're tuned into Chris and Crowley's field at 4 o'clock. Moats and I have got a few more segments to go. We'll get some final thoughts for practice today. We'll get to your last period as well. So much Danny Smith from Hinesfield. Good old Danny. The captain, the colonel out there laying it down. For the calm. Now, is this Arthur Motes? Is this the part when you're a veteran in practice at this point? Like, is th this is the good stuff, right? You get to stand on the sideline, you get to chop it up, maybe you get to yell at some of the younger special teams guys. Like, you've, if you're a veteran at this point in practice, you've made it, right? Like, practice is over. Ah, no. We'll put it like this because you still got another period after this, right? Uh, that's true. Yeah, so you get, so if you are a veteran, you do like the fact that you're not having to run out here and do these special teams drills because that takes reps off of your practice life, and we don't need that today. <laughs> we but, do not need that today. But what I will say is this, though, man. As a veteran, <laughs> when you have graduated from the special teams portions of practice, you, you don't take that for granted, man, because that is the difference between you cramping up in that last period mm -hmm. versus you making it out there smiling and signing autographs, baby. You get a little rejuvenated before that yeah. final frame. And as you can see with some of the guys, the veteran guys, the bigger offensive linemen, defensive linemen, they're using this time to kind of get their, you know, legs back under Oh, absolutely, under yeah. Now, it will come a time, and I don't know if Coach Tom will do it today, but it will come a time where after a period like this, where they will go strictly and do one-on-one -on -one pass rush in seven-on-seven. And he does it because a lot of your linebackers, a lot of your receivers and corners mm -hmm. play special teams. Sure. So I want you to get tired as heck doing these drills. Now let me see you rush the passer. Uh, now let me see you do seven-on-seven. Seven. Like, you like think, it's the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah, and so your fatigue can, can and your you mind's not think when you're sharp. tired? Can you sure. perform when you are hurting? When you mentally are saying to yourself, hey, it's 10 minutes left in practice, Wes. I got to get out of here. Wes, it's, it's the I last the period. Day. We're off tomorrow. Off tomorrow. I'm, I'm having dinner tonight so, with the so misses. I got to get out of here. So you see everything that Coach Tomlin does, and these practices are strategic. He does it for a reason. He wants to challenge you physically and mentally at every part of practice different ways. So if you're an offensive lineman, you're not running down here on kickoff. So now when you do one-on-one -on -one pass rush, you better be sharp. you're fresh. You feel good. If you're an outside linebacker, we typically dominate pass rush drills when, when healthy, when you're not tired. Can you do it when you're fatigued? At the end of the practice, where you're a little bit more sweaty, you done banged around a little bit with some of these different drills, the competition periods. How can you finish the day? Can you finish strong? Even with the bye week, quote unquote, coming up, because tomorrow being off, it's right. like a bye week for right, you. Right, right. Can you still be a professional? Huh. Can you still finish the day, finish the job? And, and do that, so strongly. It, these are all the fundamentals. These are all the baselines that are getting built and why it is done like that. Ah, Professor Moats back in the saddle. It really is football season. Oh, baby. stop it, man. You're making me blush I over here. I absolutely. And I'm extra tan, it. baby. And Come on, right you now. You are extra tan <laughs> and extra smiley as well, too, which is saying something. Just enjoying life, man. Uh, Moats, and that is one of those things, too. Um, and, and, like anybody who has played sports, you know that feeling of, of you're, you're two hours into the game, you're three out, you're tired, you're not as sharp. I mean, you know this. You've week. had good plays and bad plays. Like, Mentally, think about if you had a couple of bad plays or mentally if you had a couple of good plays, where you're at and how you still have to reserve mm -hmm. and be on guard in mm -hmm. both situations. 100%. And you and I, you know, we laugh about this a lot, and you know this. Our loyal listeners know this. I play hockey once a week still. Sunday, Sunday or Monday nights I play, I play adult league hockey. 
and buddy, first period. Uh, my passes, <laughs> my pass, my passes are crisp. Oh yeah, I'm skating well. I'm moving the puck. I play defense. You know, make a nice breakout passes. Uh huh. Everything looks good. But by the third period, uh, the the fatigue's there. You're not as mentally sharp. I'm missing on passes. You can't crank up the slap shot. You do in the same way. And yeah, but that's when uh, I'm just a jabroni. You know, who's having some fun with my friends. This is the minutia that we always talk about. And like you say, Mike Tomlin. Hey, he's been around the block a few times. He knows what he's doing out here. He's even talked about how, you know, his first few years with the Steelers, like this was almost yeah. a, a learning process for him that there, he recognized there were some things we had to do differently. He's He's got this process fine-tuned. At this yeah, point. without a doubt. I mean, I remember that first group that he talked about going through with, I wasn't here for that. But then I also remember in 2014 and 15 when some of those guys that were quote unquote younger doing that phase had become older now and how we needed to reassess mm -hmm. and make changes then. I remember being a part of those conversations, seeing that dynamic and even at times disagreeing with it. Sure, sure. But I understood sure. why we did what we did and it made a lot more sense and it was worth it in the end when you look at the success that we were able to have during that time frame. But this, man, nothing is done out here haphazardly. Nothing just happens by mistake. Everything is so strategic in terms of the format, in terms mm -hmm. of the matchups. Everything that they're looking for, it's been done. It's been preordained, man. It's, I like preordained. From Minister Tomlin. Hey, man, here we go. Pastor. You here we he, go. You think he would go with Minister Tomlin or Pastor Tomlin? He'd probably be Bishop. He looks like a bishop. <laughs> Definitely Bishop Tomlin. Hey, you said that, but I'm just I'm thinking of him as like a chess piece now, more, more so than a pastor. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. We we did have Motesy um some some input from that last segment with Chris Carter on the tweets here. Uh, our friend Me tweets us and Who? says, Me who? Hey now. Which by the way, did you see our buddy Me got engaged up on uh up I on Mount Washington? I did see that. I did. Night. I did see that, man. Yeah. That was that was pretty dope he, right there, man. He, he tweeted Chris and I earlier in the week to tell us that he was going to do that while we were doing the show, and we were like, "Well, I hope your hope your missus isn't on Twitter." Seriously, right? She just ruined it. But big congratulations to Me getting, Absolutely, getting man. engaged up on Mount Washington, a Yinzer rite of passage. Uh, me says some other great Steeler names to consider: Kimo von Olhoffen. That's oh okay. yeah, so Kimo. Really yeah, Shane Edge. Almost okay, sounds like okay. a WWE name. I almost thought it was. And Char Pordenessa. That's a good one. I was about to say. That's I, I'm a, that's a mouthful, though. Mozi doesn't like those those. Yeah, those yeah, man. I, I like one or two syllables max. <laughs> <laughs> but I like those names, though, man. I like those a lot. I dig it, too. If you uh, if you want to get in on the tweets, we will answer uh, more of these in our final segment. I'm more of a classic guy. Just give me a Roethlisberger. At Wesley Euler, <laughs> at the body 52. The body. You know what? Peppy's is right up the street. You know, just give me the Roethlisberger. I could have put a on the way I don't want much. Uh, also, our, bag jo our buddy Joey Bag of Donuts. I mean, what's up, Joey? Long time no tweet here. Uh, was saying, I really need to see Wes do these 1,000 sprints now. You know, when you were talking about, I can oh, have you out there man, running 1,000 nah. sprints, but it's not working on stuff. <laughs> You know what we do need to do one of these days, Motsi, though? Do we, do we need to do the push-up challenge again this year? That was a blast. I remember you doing it. And you actually did knock them all out, too. What was, was it? It was high 60s, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because you, you ended up around, was it? You no, I thought you did. You get to seventy? I, I think I might have. Actually. You got into like I low seven, like 71, 70 or 71. 71. Yeah, yeah. 
we, for those unfamiliar, I know a lot, of, again, we're doing this balance of picking up a new audience versus our loyal listeners. Uh, around this time last year at training camp, we had a bit of an argument about how many push-ups I could do <laughs> in two minutes. All right, so how many push-ups can Wes do in two minutes? Like, we took bets on it. People, And you actually, didn't you, the person who was closest, or the person who guessed correctly, yeah. you mailed him like an uh, autograph I did, picture, I did, man. <laughs> I definitely did, man. We, we might have to, Joey, I don't know if I can do sprints, all right, especially not out in this weather, but we might have to do a push-up competition here. Man, again. I don't know. It would be funny seeing you have to run, though. I wouldn't give you a 1,000 sprints, but I'll, I'll be interested to see if you could do 10 100-yard sprints in 13 in, seconds, though. Wait, a 100-yard sprint in 13 seconds? No yeah, way. 10 of them, though. And Usain Bolt couldn't do that. No, think about this. 100-yard sprints? Think about this, man. That's the full. That's, that's more the than a forty-yard. That's poo forty-yard dashes plus twenty yards. Thirteen seconds. You no can do chance. it, man. You no can do chance. that. You're fast enough, bro. No chance. You're fast, I, I man. appreciate. I appreciate <laughs> your belief in me, Motsi. I really do. How much time you think it would take? Twenty seconds. Well, I'm trying to think, right? Like, I bet you. Uh, You're starting at one goal line and, and going go to the, the next goal line. I think I could do it in less than twenty seconds. I am confident in that. I am too. That's what I'm saying, like, bro. With you 13? realize how slow you gotta beat. 13 seconds? All right, all right 17 Cause, seconds. Cause like, Could you I'm do 17? 240 yard dashes. I think I could do each of those in seven ish seconds. Whoa, what? Mozi, I'm not a speed. Listen, we took seven you, seconds you, for 40 yard. Man, buddy, I refuse to buddy, believe you. you know I refuse I, you know to I believe you. Okay, now we are going to have to do this. You know, <laughs> no way, bro. You were not that slow. You've given me grief for this before. The Eulers were distance runners. Come buddies, on, right? man. You know I ran track in high school, but I ran the mile and the two mile. I don't think you understand. I did the 1600 and the 3200. I'm built 40 for distance. 40 yards in seven seconds. I, that I'm, is I'm, a long well, see, time. You also know what I'm doing here. I'm doing the undersell over deliver thing. Bro, that 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 is like grossly underselling yourself, man. Okay, so like, like 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 what was Kendrick Green? His forty time was Kendrick. I think it was what four nine or right was at he, five. Was he sub yeah. five? Okay, so I thought he was sub five. Like sl a slow forty time for a three hundred pound old lineman would be a five seven five eight. Okay. You so, see what I mean? So, like, when we're talking about – you're giving yourself a, an additional two seconds almost on these guys. Like, you're faster than that, man. For 40 you, seconds. You might be right. Yeah. You might be – okay. I think I would set like, my – I think you'll be sub my, six. You're sub six. I think I'd set my over under at, like, 14, 15. 13 still seems too quick. But, like, okay. 15 I think might be the case. Well, and I will we're say this. 13 this. when you get to eight or nine is going to be challenging. Because it's not like you're just running one of them. <laughs> that, and that's yeah. the thing, too. At first, absolutely. That's why I'm like, early I'm gonna on, die. you're going to be die fine. Yeah. Like, the first, like, two or three, I would feel confident. But I'm yeah. going to die quick. Because so, I, we'll, we'll bump it back. 1,000-yard sprints, but 20 seconds apiece. 1,000-yard sprints. We'll give you 20 seconds 20 a pop. 20 seconds a pop. Or maybe it's like for the first couple, I got to hit 15 seconds yeah. and then 17 seconds and then 20. You know what? I like this. Yeah. We're going to find a way to make this I think this you work. could do this. We're going to find a way to make this I think this you can do this. You got man. any football fields around you? Uh, uh, down, I, I, down I think there, I know a couple. Down there in South Fayette? I, I, I might know a couple. One or two here or there. <laughs> oh. I was going to take you to the south side. You don't want to go there? Oh, I do want only if Aaron Donald's going to be in there training with the knives, I too. Mean, oh, you want to go to there? I was going to take you outside. Well, you know what? I To be fair, I feel like this would have to happen out. You got you to gotta do it yeah. in the elements. It's got to be right? outside, man. It's absolutely. Anybody can run in the air conditioning. Anybody can run and perform in the air conditioning, but what can you do out here on the North Shore when it's 90-some degrees? Is it really 90 out here? No, but oh. you know what? Another week from now when we get into August, it'll be close. Like, it's still going to get a – I don't think people realize that. Like, August and September in Pittsburgh are hotter, well, way hotter a, a, than As June long as every time we are broadcasting, we are – 
you know, fortunate enough to have this nice Underneath little this shade. Tank. I'm cool with it. You, you didn't change my location. I don't have to commute to Latrobe. I'm right here at Heinz. And now I even got a little shade over here. So you know what? Training camp isn't half bad right now, man. It's it's much better than your your former experiences at training camp. <laughs> I, I I will I will definitely believe that that is the case for sure. Except no, for 2019, no obviously. You know when you had your Friday Night Lights. Uh, well, true. Honoring true. and you had that Wesley Euler guy in the media scrum giving, cool, you, giving you all kinds of grief, asking you. Yeah, I had the fa ha family and friends out there, man. Family and family that was and the friends. first time I met the family. Actually. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, we're having some fun out here as we always are. What else would you expect inside the Electric Factory? Final moments of practice ongoing right now. We will uh, update you on some final thoughts when we get back on the other side. We also we, we got a bunch of tweets to get here. Questions from practice and the like. We will do all of that before we wrap up the show and hand things over to our buddies Adam Crowley and Christopher Carter. And a reminder, up until 8 o'clock tonight, it's another 12 hours of live Steelers coverage today. Nobody does it like we do here on SNR. This is our training camp 2021 coverage. We'll be back to wrap up the blitz on the other side. You're listening. All right, folks, we need your opinion on this. Uh, there's just a, a, been a big ongoing conversation here about this sprint topic that Arthur Motes has so graciously brought into our wheelhouse. Uh, our, our conductor and instructor, our fearless commander, Brian, <laughs> back at the ranch is chiming in. He might get involved with this too. We are going to have uh, to make this happen at some point. It'll probably be hard to do here within the time frame of training camp True, yeah. um, just because we spend time down here and there's no way with the protocols and everything that we're – I'd love to do it out here at Heinz Field, but that just ain't happening. So maybe in like those two weeks between well, – Well, times we're at the field is actually when they're on the field. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the other thing. We yeah, don't, and yeah. I don't think Mike Tomlin wants to interrupt practice uh, and, and, to let some jabroni see how fast he can run a 100-yard well, sprint. Well, nor do our loyal listeners – want to have to not hear us from <laughs> 1 to 4 p.m. because you're running sprints. Or because I'm dead from running sprints. Oh, it's a strong possibility that you might lose your life because for a little while, but I will, re I will resuscitate you, okay? Well, because like Brian said during the break. <laughs> Yo, this, this had me in tears, man. <laughs> Motes, you forget that me and Wes are mortals. <laughs> I t like in my mind, it, and this happens a lot. My wife, she gives it, she kills me with this all the time. She's always like, I'll tell her, hey, man, this is easy. I can do that. Or you can do this. Or, man, this guy can do that. And she's like, no, we can't. No, we, can't. we are not your size and speed. We are not built like this. No, that is not normal. <laughs> Adam Crowley <laughs> tweets us and says, I'll dust all y'all. Yeah, I mean, it is. listen, the crowd man, he's really spent the last year and a half in the quarantine and the COVID, and he's been working out, and he's been getting after it. And he does look great. I don't know if you've seen him hey, recently. Hey, he, he does look he very good. He is no longer dad bod. Right. He is no longer dad no, body. That is correct. He's body. beach uh -uh. body. Yeah. Um, but uh, listen, Crow man, take it easy, all right? And Mr. Rowing Team over there, Adam Crowley, just calm yourself down. I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'll be thoroughly interested to see this, though, man. But we got really All right, if Adam it, wants man. in on this, it's going to be me, it's going to be Brian, it's going to be Adam, and we're going to see and how we'll it starts, how seconds. it finishes. Tw 20 seconds to finish them, 10 of them consecutively. All right, on Twitter, everyone's got to let let us know, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 mm -hmm. uh, how long it would take me to run a 100-yard sprint. All right? For, and, and you can kind of layer it out if you want to, too. 11 the first, seconds, The first 12, couple will give 15, you 15. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 again, we'll make this happen in those, in those couple weeks. We're just weeks talking about 100-yard sprints. Dude, I'm like three In less than daunting. 20 seconds. In less than 20 seconds. Can, instead of 10, can we do two? No, it's got to be 10. Anyone can do it twice. <laughs> Anyone can do it once. 
we got to see a little bit of endurance, a little bit of speed, a little bit of strength. I mean, you know, mental fortitude. You know, I was interested to see in you, baby. We we have got to get Brian uh, Crowley, myself, and then you'll you'll be out there as the as the official. All right, and maybe uh, we'll, we'll make this happen. Like I said, we'll we'll try and make this work. The crowd man trying to talk some trash. You know, back from his comforts of the the air conditioned studio in Green Tree. Well, we're out here amongst we're out here amongst the people. Yeah. Because we are men of the people. Why don't you, why don't you say it to my face? Huh? Come on, chico. Oh, now see, this is good. Uh, me says that we owe it to our listeners to do this live on air. <laughs> Moats and Wolf on the on the color commentary. Oh, we could break that down. We we might be we might be cooking with something that, that, here. That might that that sounds like something we can make happen. <laughs> like I said, we'll try the two weeks between the end of training camp and the start of the regular season. Seems like the ideal time here. We'll see if we can make something work. Uh, David tweets us here. Let's get to the tweets because we got a bunch of them. Uh, David says, "I got a question for you, Motsi. What is more stressful, blowing a special teams play or assignment in front of Danny Smith for the first time?" Trying to exit th or trying to exit three lanes over immediately coming out of the Fort Pitt tunnel. <laughs> That's a good yin yeah, question. That right Fort there. Pitt tunnel is brutal, and I've had to do that too many times. In fact, I learned how to avoid that tunnel now. But I will say this, bridge. man. Wait, sorry, I shouldn't say that out loud. Right, right. We're not allowed to say that, but because it's gonna get too much traffic. Right. We don't want That's that. Right. Uh, uh Everybody go Fort Pitt. That's, That's the only like way to get. That's the only uh, way. Part of me loves ways, but ways also ruined every yes. back road ever. Because now everybody knows. Everybody them all. knows. Them. But I will say this, man. A special teams period with Danny Smith. You don't want to mess that up because he's gonna hit you twofold. He's gonna get you on the field. And that's usually where it's going to be the nice public display. You got the fans there in attendance. They're going to be able to notice it. It's not hard to notice when a person messes up in special teams sure, because Danny sure. Smith has that type of demeanor, which we love. <laughs> but it's the second part that Danny gives you. When you come to that meeting room and you've kind of forgotten about that era, you've kind of forgotten about that mistake because you're like, man, Danny corrected it on the field. We're good. Up until he puts you on that big board. And then he gets to critiquing you in person, and he's going through his different stories of who and why and all this other stuff. It is not fun at all, baby. Not at all. So I'm going to go with Danny Smith for 100, please. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Smith for 100. Uh, Brian tweets us and says, uh, Motes, what made Steelers training camp different from your time in Buffalo and in Arizona? Man, the biggest thing is just the amount of people that show up. Hmm. I mean, I can get to the physical element, and Pittsburgh by far was the most physical. But in an odd way, it was also the most fun. But the biggest difference by far is just the amount of support we get daily. It's plenty of practices in Buffalo where it's a couple of hundred people. Now, you will have a big turnout, sure. but it's usually for a Friday night or a Saturday. Like it's a once-a-week type situation, whereas here in Pittsburgh, it looks like this on Monday. Mm -hmm. It's going to look like this on Thursday. Yep. It's going to look like this on Tuesday. And that is the biggest difference, and even more so in Arizona. Arizona was the least amount of actual fan turnout for practices. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest difference to me. In terms of the physicality, each practice, each setting had something different. In terms of Buffalo, it was different because just the sheer amount of reps that I would get because I was a younger player with old inside linebackers, guys that are 30 and older, typically don't take a lot of training camp reps. They don't take a lot of preseason reps. So that was difficult because of that. Pittsburgh was difficult because we're in pads every day. We tackle every day. That is different. Arizona, you're battling the heat. It's days you're practicing at 1 o'clock outside. Mm -hmm. And that is a different element in Arizona, baby. So yes, those, <laughs> those were the things that made each one different. But why I appreciated Pittsburgh so much was because in the midst of all of that, 
At least the fans are here to cheer you home, baby. Yes, it does give indeed. You that, it does give you that extra energy boost. No, you need that it, man. That extra pep to your step. Yeah, the dog these, days of camp, you need it, The dog days of summer, dog days of camp for sure. Gary tweets us here. He says, it's nice to hear the body again. He said, if it wasn't for the fact that I currently live in Alaska, I'd head down to say hi to you guys. Maybe bring some donuts Ooh, as man, well. Ooh, man, major respect, is, man. Is Alaska known for donuts? I don't know, man, but Alaska Maybe. is pretty cool. Have you been there before? I haven't. It's on my I, bucket list, I know. Though, I want to get there, too. It's on my bucket list. All right, so can I tell you something funny? Talk to me. Um, when I was, uh, you know, doing When dinner. I was a boy, I ate four dozen eggs. When I was just a boy, I ran 10 100-yard sprints in less than 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was still doing the hockey broadcasting thing, I applied. There's a uh, there's a hockey team in Alaska called the Alaskan Aces, all right? Mm, I and like that name. They were affiliated with the Vancouver Canucks for a while. I'm not okay. sure if they still are, but, you know, they're, they're like the equivalent right. of like a, like a double-A baseball team, mm -hmm. basically. Kind of like how we had in Norfolk. We had the right. Admirals. Right, and I'm, exactly. I'm 24, 25 years old. You know, I'm trying to move up that broadcasting ladder. I actually had a few interviews. I, I ended up not getting the job. Um, there were people that were way, you know, people that were 10 years older than me with, with a decade of hockey experience. But their hair didn't look as good as yours. <laughs> but Motsi, you should have seen this job with the Alaskan Aces, right? It was like they, they, they offered all these perks, basically, to get people to want to apply for this job in Alaska. Like, you got a company car. You got, they, they paid to put you up. Like, they paid for Jeez. your, they paid for your rent. In like a really nice apartment complex. I mean, but you probably have the, to do that in though the to district. get a person to live in it. That's because it's not directly connected Correct. to the states. Correct. So it was like all the perks of this job were amazing, and I was 24 years old. I'm like, yeah, I'll go to Alaska for a couple years for a nice salary and a company car and a luxury apartment that's right in the stadium district. But yeah, I I would like to get out to Alaska as well too. Uh, Sensei tweets us and says, I've been hearing that Anthony McFarland has been looking more comfortable and is making some splashes with the dual running back formations. And Sensei saying that makes him happy. Doesn't that sound scary uh, with these guys and, and Najee behind Ben? I, I will tell you what, um, I, I've, I've been pleasantly um, impressed with the performance of obviously Najee Harris, uh, but Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland too. And Motes, this was something you and I talked about at minicamp, but I think it can be repeated. You've seen the transformation with both of those guys, too. Very true. Like, especially Anthony McFarland. He look, and remember, he had no off-season programs mm -hmm. last year. He had, like, two weeks of a weird training camp, no preseason, uh, no rookie minicamp, none of that stuff. The transformation is noticeable. Yeah, it definitely is, man. I, I will say this. He looks more under control this year as well. Whereas at times last year we saw him slip and slide on numerous occasions when yes. he would be trying to cut back and, you know, reverse fill and things like that. And I would say the difference is think of a Ray Ray McLeod in terms of how Ray Ray played fast but was always under control. Hmm. That's, that's, a good, that's a good That's example. what McFarlane is looking more like now. He's still very twitchy, still bursty, but he has a sense of – just control about him yes. and that to me is significant i think that's going to be really beneficial for him if he can continue that Ooh, buddy it's 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 always an intriguing time and and that's that's what we like about training camp all right me is back here arthur motes with his three pack of questions where'd you go that's <laughs> true maybe he never maybe he just never left hey now uh westman and dr motes number one i'm heading to cleveland today oh what's the best way to jeer baker fans oh gosh Oh, gosh. Baker. I mean, uh, it's Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, you're probably taller than he is me. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> uh, let's see. It, well, actually, because it, it's a unique time in Cleveland right now. It really They're they, coming they are, off of a successful season. Themselves. So they are very, very much, 
you know, feeling themselves on their high horse. So it might just be good to just remind them of what the division has looked like throughout Baker's lifetime, throughout yeah. any Cleveland Browns lifetime over the past 30 years. That's right. Just remind them of that. And just remind them that, you know, in certain places in the AFC North, winning a playoff game doesn't constitute a phenomenal season. No, if you don't have a Lombardi, we don't care. It's we that simple. do not care. We don't care. We won the, I mean, who won the division last year? We didn't even care about that. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> Think about now, if the Browns would have won the division, you know how many hats and T-shirts they would have sold? Exactly. We forget who, we forget Millions. we won the division last year because we didn't even care about the division. we don't even care. Exactly. Like, no, we don't care about that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It just, didn't they make T-shirts and has just to go to the playoffs last year? They did, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Baker. Little brother. Baker. Baker. You're not even a Baker's dozen. You know, just you, Baker. You, you know what you know what you could do me would be it would be a good joke for him. I mean, you could be like, ah, Baker Mayfield. I mean, Oklahoma. He didn't even win any games in the SEC. How good is he really? Wow. Oh, you see that joke? There? I like it's, it right there. I see what you did, man. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, not even a top ten SEC quarterback. I mean, just make sure no here? West Virginia people are directing any hatred towards Baker because, yeah, <laughs> slightly skewed. Do you want to talk about how he just ripped my heart out and stamped on it three straight years? At least I, he didn't put the flag down. He did not. I don't know if that's good or bad, though. Maybe he didn't think of y'all as enough to put the flag down. Yeah, he probably just also beat us so much that there wasn't the, like, um, oh, there wasn't the emotion this. of yeah. the – Yeah. Yeah. Second question from me is uh, – Me says, here you hear mixed reports on Najee Harris's prowess as a pass blocker. Uh, is there any real cause for concern there? I don't think so, Mozi. Um, In terms of Najee's pass blocking, he's a running back. So yeah. even when we speak of good pass blocking – backs they still struggle that's not what they do if they blocked well they would be fullbacks and tight ends <laughs> so when you talk about a guy that can pass block from the running back position even with Le'Veon Le'Veon wasn't necessarily the best at it but what he had was the mentality he and had that, that the you got to be a go-getter when you're talking about a running back blocking a linebacker a DN they're typically at competitive disadvantages and mentally you have to say, you know what, I do not care. I'm going to go put my helmet in this guy's chest, okay? And Najee has that. The technique will come. He's going to get put on his back at times. Yep. He's going to get beat at times. He's going to look bad at times. But as long as he shows up every single day. in his rookie year, right, too. But as long as he shows up every single day and he is trying to put forth that effort to not shy away from contact, to not be afraid to get beat, he's going to be fine. Le'Veon wasn't a great pass blocker when he first got here, but through the groin pains, through backs yeah. on backers, through these situations in the season, he improved. He and then you did. saw what he grew into. He and with Najee, did. I expect similar things. I, I think so, too. The He's going to be ready to hit the ground running on day one, but he's also – there's going to be a noticeable difference between week one and, yeah. and week nine. Absolutely, man. It's yeah. the NFL level. Yeah, it, it guys adapt. Is. Everybody is great at this level. It's not. I mean, this is this is going to be different for him as well because at Alabama, outside of a national championship game, he is on the stacked roster every week. They have all the dogs every week. Whereas here, it's going to be drastically different at the NFL level, where everybody is good, but he'll be ready to handle that challenge. Now, Mozi, this is pretty cool. Your man, Jumpman Joe Hayden, on the microphone now. Hey, man, love to see that, man. But once again, I love it. just paying their respect to the fans, man, letting them know. And I think it's good to see it not just from Coach Tomlin, but a veteran like Joe Hayden. Absolutely. Anytime you're able to get the different guys coming in, just letting the people know that, hey, we appreciate you being here. We know that you could be doing anything else, but you are here to support us in our work. 
thank you. We're thankful for that, it. man. And I do think that is, you know, they, they talk about that. It's the old cliche, right? But absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Like, these guys really probably, they realized that you that, miss it. that yeah. atmosphere, it's something that it, you can understand why you take it for granted. But they definitely missed it last year. They definitely appreciate it being back. And this is, Mozi, as practice wraps up here, this has been the most heartbreaking thing of the last yes. few days, is they can't sign autographs. By protocol. But a lot of the kids, don't, so all the kids are still rushing down here, and they're just yeah. not, but it is nice. You see Joe, you see Juju, some of the guys running and throwing gloves and things like that. But yeah, it is, it is heartbreaking, because you know how much the kids love the autographs, but with the protocols, not able to do that, obviously. Mozi, as we wrap this up here, last one from me. He says, be diplomatic in your response. What's better, BRGR or Burgatory? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? I'm going to go with Burgatory. I feel like I'm supposed to because they are located right here in Hinesville. They uh, are located Hinesville. right behind us. So I feel like I got to go with Burgatory. Plus, I like their food. And, I, I mean, is it weird that I love Burgatory and I always get burgers there? But I love their wings that they have, too. I don't know if I've ever had their wings. Bro, they have wings on the appetizer. I, I get their wings every single time. I still get a burger. But I'm going to get wings every time, though, while I'm there. Ooh. So there's they a got, they, 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 It's legit. They, they have really good wings. Ooh. So there's a, there is a burgatory, like, like seven minutes, less than ten minutes away from, from where I live. I, I'm going to have to swing Check by. It out, I'm going to have to swing by there Check and get, it some, out, man. get some wings tonight, Mozi. They, I absolutely they love it. Fry, man, those things are amazing. Like, consistently. I'm going to get a custom burger. I'm going to have some type of burger because I'm one of those guys that if I'm going to a steakhouse, I want a steak. If I go to a fish place, I want to get fish. I want to go with what you specialize sure, in. Sure, sure. But their wings there, man, uh, highly underrated. Listen, I'm going to definitely take, check them out. I'm going to take your word for definitely it. Definitely check I, them out. I, I do love burgatory for and sure. And you know I'm a big food guy. <laughs> You certainly are, my partner. I, I love it. That's, that's why we, we are like the new Tunch and Wolf in that regard. We get distracted talking about food. Hey, man. Next I, thing you know. That was what Wolf told me when I first met him. You see a donut, eat the donut. I said, okay, you don't got to tell me twice, baby. Right, you don't have to tell yeah. me twice. Folks, a reminder, uh, we will not be having a live show tomorrow as there is no practice. Day off on a Sunday. But we'll be back with Yins on Monday. Up now, next. Is Monday's practice open? I don't Monday. remember. I'm looking at the schedule right here. Yes, yes. Okay, Monday's perfect. practice is open to the public. Sweet. So pull up. So another opportunity to come say hello, another opportunity to come down here and watch Danny Smith chew on bubblegum and run special teams. <laughs> and uh, and as always, uh, you know, it's just going to be a, a fun day down here at Heinz Field for training camp 2021. Up next, it's Adam Crowley, the crowd man who could not run faster than me in 100-yard sprints. <laughs> it's him and Chris Carter. They've got you until 6 o'clock, four more hours in total of our live coverage here on SNR from Training Camp 2021, so don't go anywhere. Thanks to everybody on the, uh, on the tweets who chimed in. We enjoy having you guys as part of the conversation. Thanks to everybody who came out here and said hello to us today at Heinz Field. Shout out Motsi, my co-host, and a thank you to Chris Carter for joining us for a little bit as well. We'll talk to the ends on Monday. You know where to find us, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.